Amen. I invite you to remain standing for the reading of Scripture today, which comes to us out of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, beginning in verse 13. We read through verse 35. Familiar verse of passage, also known as the Emmaus Road Interaction. Let us hear now the words of the Gospel. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk alone? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place during these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, of course, who was a prophet mighty indeed and word before God and all the people. And how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women in our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels and said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road? While he was opening the scriptures to us. That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has risen indeed and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. I invite you to be seated. Let's pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, as scripture is read, as word is proclaimed, help us hear with joy what you say to us this day in your name. Amen. So picture the scene in your mind, if you will. Two men walking along, having a discussion. A discussion. Now, don't picture Roy and Wayne walking alone having a discussion because then you may not want to butt in on that discussion. But picture two men having a discussion about current events. 
And they're so engrossed in the conversation about what had just happened. This man had been tortured and killed, hung on a cross, died, placed in a tomb, and was laid there, but now he's gone. At least that's what the women said. And it's been confirmed. He's not there. Oh my. And so they're engrossed in this conversation, and, and they did not even notice that a stranger had walked up and joined in the conversation with them. You ever been in this type of conversation with somebody? Maybe you were walking along a path, or maybe you were in a, a coffee shop or an office, and, and there's new print, news prints everywhere about the current events and, and about what's going on, and, 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 and you're engrossed with your friends or your, your inner circle about those events, and then out of nowhere, a stranger pops their heads in and says, What are y'all talking about? What happened? And the first thing you can think of is, have you been under a rock lately? Have you not heard the news? Have you not listened to the reports? Do you not know what is going on? That's kind of the reaction these men had to Jesus. Well, where have you been lately? It's all over. Everybody knows what happened this morning. But what was that... What was it that was at the forefront of their thoughts that day? The two men. What common thread about this event kept them engrossed together? You know, when we see reports about tragic events, the first reports are those that bring light to the tragedy of the event. Have you ever noticed that? The first reports are always those that bring light to the tragedy of what happened. Reports such as death tolls, number of injuries, etc., etc. You know, and, and, and this causes great sadness and, and sorrow in our hearts and causes us at times to perhaps question the, the, valil, the val, validity of preparation causes us to question whether or not the preparation we made to get where we are is adequate. Did we do enough? Could we have done better? Could we have prepared, planned better? And when we start doing that, and just like perhaps the men in question in this conversation on the route to Emmaus, not only were perhaps questioning their preparation, their teachings, their learnings, all those three years that Jesus was with them, it perhaps makes them and makes us start to question our faith. Could this really happen the way he said it would happen? Could this really come to fruition if God is in control? Could this really be what happens to someone who has faith like we do? This means all of our thoughts, all of our emotions are centered around what is missing in the moment and not what is already actually and has always been there. The men in our scripture are questioning everything Jesus has ever taught them, everything Jesus ever showed them, everything Jesus ever, ever lived for. 
Verse 21 says, We had thought he was the Messiah who had come to rescue us. We had thought. That means that, that they no longer either believed that he was the Messiah or they now have serious doubts. We had thought. And then there's... Through the tone of their language, we can infer that they're even questioning about the reports of Mary and the women at the tomb, at the empty tomb. They are to the point of saying, do we dare believe any of this now? If only we could see him with our own two eyes, then we would know it was true. Then we could make sense of it all. If I had the empirical evidence in front of me, the data, I know it could be, for, it could be real. They turn into Thomas, needing the proof. And you know, I think that's where we go awry in a lot of these circumstances. And a lot of times we can't help it. We're human. Our thoughts go into trying to figure out why evil is present as opposed to looking for the presence of God. Our first inclination is the tragedy of it all, as opposed to the good that can come out of it. We're more inclined to find the presence of evil as opposed to the presence of God. Unfortunately, and, and far too often, while trying to make sense of the happenings in our world, we unknowingly cross paths with Jesus. And we are unable to celebrate the moment of God with us. And as a result, we see Jesus' reaction to the men in the scripture. This is perhaps one of my favorite interactions with Jesus and anybody else in all of Scripture. You know what Jesus does to them? You know what he calls them? I love it. Jesus calls them fools. He says, you foolish men. As a result, we see Jesus get a little irritated. Jesus was human too, y'all. Now, Stop for a second. This term, this phrase, receives a bad rap in our society, does it not? It receives a bad rap. It could be seen as, as a negative put down. However, the word that Jesus used translates in the Greek to mean without comprehension. It's simply a word that means with lacking understanding. He follows that up with the expression slow of heart. You know, Jesus isn't calling them names to be mean. Jesus isn't calling them names at all. Jesus was pointing out the fact that they were not using their full mind to gain understanding of the big picture, of the whole scenario. They weren't putting together all of the pieces of the puzzle, even though the pattern was sitting right in front of them. He said to them, don't you get it? Don't you understand yet? Christ had to suffer through sin and even death so that you could one day enter into his glory. 
Yes, the miracles are true. Yes, the teachings are accurate. The prophecies you heard that came before my time were even true. You can trust the Old Testament. It's accurate. He goes on and starts at, the scripture says, he starts at Moses and goes through the entire Old Testament prophecy. Now, it's seven miles from Emmaus to Jerusalem. And depending on the pace that they walk, if they walk like me, that's plenty of time to go through the Old Testament. He quotes scriptures such as Isaiah chapter 53 that says, He was pierced because of our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. He bore the punishment and made us whole by his wounds. Hello? We are healed. Isaiah was talking about Jesus. And Jesus is illuminating this fact to the men on the road to Emmaus that day. In Exodus, when the Israelites were captive in Egypt, the final plague brought on to Pharaoh and the Egyptian, the Egyptian captives were death of the firstborn child. The Israelites were instructed to sacrifice the lamb, place the blood of that lamb on the frame of their doors so that the angel of death would pass over their house. Hence the origination of the festival celebration of Passover. Just as Jesus, no doubt, asked the men that day as they were walking, Jesus asked every one of us today, who do you think that lamb was symbolized in the sacrifices at Passover? The blood of the lamb that was sacrificed so that we would not have to suffer death. So that way we wouldn't have to be the ones to go to the temple every day, every year, bring a lamb for slaughter. So that way we wouldn't be held accountable to uh, all 600 unrealistic rules of Judaism. So that way we would not have to suffer the sin of death on our own without the opportunity to conquer it. Who do you think symbolized the great sacrifice whom the lamb was spoken of in this passage? It was Jesus. It was the prophecy of Jesus. We see the writing on the wall about Jesus even as far back as Moses. Jesus looked at them as he looks upon all of us today and simply says this. Please, just take the risk of entrusting your life on me and my already established credibility. On me and my word. On me and my teachings. Because you can't go wrong when we put our faith in the Lamb of God. Doing so is a risk. Doing so is a risk. We do make sacrifices. We do have to stare into the face of evil. And we may just have to change our lives when we come to Christ. The despair and confusion on the journey to Emmaus seems all too familiar to perhaps many of us. But it's also reassuring. 
because it reminds us that in spite of our misgivings and in spite of our concerns, God is always present and God truly cares for every single one of us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. God loves us. Once we make this commitment to God, once we take the leap of faith and we live on His already established credibility, the fact is that God's grace and goodness is so bountiful that it outlasts and outshines all the evil that this world can ever throw at us. There is nothing this world can do that can separate us from the love of God we find in Christ Jesus. These weren't just popular words we find in Romans. These are words to live on. These are words to build a foundation upon. These are words to live and grow a faith on. Nothing in this world can separate us from Christ Jesus our Lord. Not even the cross that bore death itself. The question is, when Jesus approaches us on our journey, are we able to recognize Jesus? Or like the men on the path that day, are we blinded to Jesus in our midst, in our present? Are we blinded by all the concerns of the world that we are prevented from seeing God with us in the moment that we need Him the most? What are you concerned about today? Just as Jesus asked the two men, what are you so concerned about? Has your world not turned out exactly as you planned? We know everything happens just like we planned, right? <laughs> Has things recently not turned out like you planned? Do you feel abandoned, frustrated, confused by loved ones? Do you feel abandoned, frustrated, confused by society, by the world, by the government, whatever the case may be? Don't lose heart. We may not know exactly where this journey we're on will lead us, but if there's one thing we can be sure of, it's who walks the journey with us. For God will never leave us, nor forsake us. No matter where our path may lead, Jesus always walks beside us. You know, the gospel message is just that. Are we going to allow the world and all the evil present within it to shield us from seeing the presence of God? Or are we going to look evil in the face and say, get thee behind me, Satan, for God is front and center in my life? You know, that may be the hardest thing we ever do as Christians. But Jesus said, you don't have to do it alone. This is the gospel message. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen.